0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Bless the Lord o my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. has done great things, he has done
1: great
0: things, hallelujah, he has done great things, he has done great things, bless his hope. Lord, your word instructs us to give thanks always unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we give thanks because you have done great things and we're excited that we are with you in this place this afternoon. We are grateful for the time we've had. We are grateful for the time we are yet to have. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good afternoon, family. Good to be here again and to be sharing God's Word with you. I'm really excited to be starting off a series called Straight to the Heart. I'm not sure if you have been in a situation where you were trying to explain something to someone, and you're trying your best. And the response is, please get to the point. (laughs) So, that's what we're doing in this series. We want to go straight to the heart. We want to be frank and direct with you. No playing around this issue, because this issue is a serious issue. We don't want to beat around the bush. We want to talk about the heart. So we are going straight to the heart. It is a healthy living series, and I'm privileged to be starting off the first installment in this series. But just before we look at the first installment in the series, let's talk about the heart. Let's talk about the heart. Proverbs says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, the NIV version says, above all else, guard your heart. If there's anything you want to do, make sure your heart is guarded. For everything you do flows from it. You know, I was thinking about this scripture sometime during this week, and I thought to myself, how many gates do I have in my home between the outside road and my bedroom? So when I go to sleep at (laughs) night, how many gates are locked between where I am and the road? How many of you can... Just think through, how many gates, how many doors, how many do you have? You know, in my house, I, I counted six. six. <laughs> yes, I counted six. We know what it is to guard ourselves, especially in this city, am I correct? We know how it is. Scripture says, above All things, God, place gates, 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 gates in front of your heart. Because from it proceeds everything. The Amplified Version says, watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flows the springs of life. Now, watching means... That is watching. Scripture says, watch. Diligently. Not diligently. Watch over your heart. KJV says... Thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. NLT says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your future depends on what is in your heart. Here is another scripture. Jesus is speaking. The Amplified Version, in verse verse 14b, After he, Jesus, called the people to him again, he began saying to them, Listen carefully to me, all of you. Hear and understand what I'm saying. There is nothing outside a man, such as food, which by going into him can defile him morally or spiritually. Now, that is a bold statement for our world today, isn't it? Where food has become the benchmark for spirituality. Or morality. Where certain religions will tell you, if you do not observe this line of diet, you are defiled. Jesus says it clear. I'm glad it's not me saying it. Jesus said it. He says, There is nothing outside a man such as food which by going into him can defile him morally or spiritually. But the things which come out of the heart of a man are what defile and dishonor him. It is what proceeds from in here that can defile or dishonor us. Now, the heart is still the issue. Jesus is still speaking. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, if I don't want to be dishonored, or defiled by what I say, then I've got to deal with my heart, isn't it? But beyond that, Jesus says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored. So in this series, we're going to be asking the question, how do we store good things in our hearts so that when it comes out, it comes out Good, pleasant, virtuous, honorable, true, right. We'll be looking at emotional God this afternoon. And you know, while going through this series, I remembered the younger me as a teenager, a young teenager. I remembered. Something that God did in my heart a long time ago, and he continues to do so. At the age of, I think, about 13 or 14, I allowed myself to be exposed to pornography, And I still remember that day walking into that house and sitting with other guys in front of the TV. It felt good for a moment. It felt really good being with these guys and you know we're all cheering, and you know and before long these videos started to reel in my mind again and again and again and where i am now i know that my mind is very magnetic very magnetic i can have an experience Or see something today, two years from now, it will still pop up in my mind. At the time, I didn't know. So I entertained this constant videos, just reeling in my mind and trying to enjoy them and release them. And, you know, before long in high school, um, and I went to a boys' school, it was a boarding school. So unfortunately, there were vultures, um, seniors who were looking for a nice time. Little did I know, and I think this is something that God brought to my mind sometime this week. Little did I know that what was happening in my heart was beginning to manifest in how I talked, how I walked, how I looked. So, I became attractive to the vultures. And before long, I was, ex- I was accused of doing things I didn't do with the vultures. And the accusation got me to the point where now added to the repository of videos in my mind where I'm thinking oh this is what they are accusing me of doing sexually with that senior this is what they accuse me of doing and so on the 13th of august 1989 when i gave my heart to jesus oh happy day <laughs> i think i look like this i look good don't i <laughs> I think I looked like this. I really looked good on the outside. But on the inside, I was a cesspool of lust and incest and whatever. I could not control the obsessiveness that had taken hold of me. So when when the call was made, who would like to give their hearts to Jesus? I said, God, I am tired. I hate me. I hate what I'm doing to myself. I hate what I'm seeing. I hate what I'm, I go to bed at night. These are the videos in my head. I wake up, these are the videos. I'm walking, these are the videos. When I gave my heart to the Lord and I walked out of that church that day, I said, God, (laughs) something has changed. Something has changed. I know something has changed because this has to stop. So I understand when God looks down in Genesis 6 verse 5 and he says, the inclination and imagination of a man's heart is continually wicked. Because I knew my heart was wicked and I knew that I needed Jesus I knew that the only way, that I could not save myself. I tried, and the context is that I'm I'm from a Christian family, by the way. Okay, We had devotion at home every day. The Bible was not strange to me. We went to church every other week. So fasting your seatbelts. My brothers, my sisters, we are on... A straight to the point, straight to the heart series for the next five weeks. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Question one Was Jesus tempted to commit suicide? Question two Has Jesus cried again since he cried in front of Lazarus' tomb? Does Jesus know how to use a knife and fork? Was Jesus ever sexually tempted? Does God sing? Have you ever heard God sing? I don't mean audibly, but in your spirit, have you ever heard God sing? Do you sometimes sometimes think God is disappointed? Can I ask Tian, please come through, Uh, Fiona, please join me for a minute. Now, we're going to do something hopefully you didn't expect, okay? Right. Now, I want you to just respond naturally. Is that fine? Okay. Don't look at us. You just respond. We are going to respond, Okay. They don't know what, what is going to happen now. They don't know. So they're very uncomfortable. But I've told them, excuse me, just respond. Okay. Umpa? What about you? Now, double (laughs) double. Na double double 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't go don't go Have you ever thought That God dances. Now, the reason why we're asking these questions is that somehow we've de-emotionalized God. But Scripture is very, very clear. And here is evidence. Genesis 1 verse 26. God said... Let us make man, Adam and Eve, in our image and after our likeness. Now, the word image there in the Hebrew is Teslem, T S E L E M. It means resemblance. Okay. So, if you look at Fiona, TM, and I, I'm sure you know that we were not born by the same parents. (laughs) Correct? But there are certain features that we all have. We've got two eyes, we've got a nose, we've got a mouth, we've got ears. Correct? God said, let us make man in our image. Thank you. Let's make man in our image after our likeness. Image speaks to resemblance. We are made in the resemblance of God. And we're not speaking about God the Father. This is let us. So it is referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced when I get to heaven and I see God the Father, I'm going to be shocked. Because we have a picture of him that, sometime, that may not be true. <laughs> But we know, we know for a fact that God the Father can see. Come on. We know for a fact that God the Son can see. God the Holy Spirit can see. Jesus smells. Yeah. And God smells the offering. Yeah. Right. Right. Scripture says, and God heard. In 2 Chronicles it says, and I will hear them from heaven, correct? And I will heal their land. And God has a mouth, thus saith the Lord. So we are made in his image. But in addition to that, we are also made after his likeness. Now, the root word for likeness is that God has made us to think like him. He has made us to share his nature. It is not just about a physical resemblance, but also a non-physical, an intangible aspect of God that we get to share. And that is the heart that we're, we're talking about, which comprises the emotions the intellect, and volition, will. So, just like God, we've got feelings, we can make choice, and we can reason. So, let's talk about feelings. Before we do, there is a quote by a gentleman that I'd like to put forward, and I, I love There's a book that I've had by A.W. Tozer. I actually photocopied it. 1998, I photocopied that book. I violated copyright. (laughs) But I photocopied the book. And that book has traveled with me from Lagos to South Africa. And every once in a while, I read that book. It's called, That Incredible Christian. A.W. Tozer wrote in one of the articles in that book, he says, truth, like a bird, requires two wings to fly. Mm. A bird cannot fly on one wing, can it? It requires two. Truth requires two wings to fly. If it's only flying on one, we are likely exposing ourselves to heresy. Half-truths. But truth, like a bird, requires two wings. So we're going to be looking at the God of the Bible. And we're going to be looking at the God, the emotional God. Is God emotional? Yes, we've proven that. Am I emotional? Yes, I am. Is I being emotional? Is it a good thing? Yes, it is. Because I'm made in the image of God. The next time someone says to you, don't be emotional, you must tell them, tell that to God, he made me. (laughs) But we need to understand what emotional means insofar as God is concerned. Love. God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8. God is love. Period. He loves you He loves you, he loves me. And he's not apologetic about it. God is love. He loves the sinner, he loves the saint. And he will not stop loving. If you were to sleep today, and sleep for a thousand years, and wake up, God still loves you the way he loved you before you slept. If God says, come to me, my child, and you look, and you turn around, and you walk away. God still loves you, walking away, as he did when you walked in. He is love. Joy. Zephaniah 3 verse 17 says, The Lord your God is with you. Take great delight in you. No longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And that message is to Zion. He's speaking to his children. He says, I will rejoice over you with singing. Now, when you look at the emotional attributes of God, one thing you can certainly say is that God is predictable. He is predictable in his emotions he will love you anyway his love is not dependent on what you do or what you don't do right however he only rejoices in righteousness he will not rejoice in wickedness so when righteousness is happening what happens god is dancing why yes 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 give it he will rejoice in righteousness he's a compassionate compassionate god who will like it says in second peter 3 verse 9 he is extraordinarily patient towards you when there is oppression when there's suffering god is compassionate he desires to save that is why he's constantly opening his hands to the sinner Because sin is oppressive. Sin is not here for enjoyment. Sin is here to oppress. When he sees disobedience, God says, come. Because that is his nature. So we can say certain things about the the features of God's emotional nature. First of all, it's predictable. You can predict God's emotion. You can predict his joy. His joy will only happen in righteousness. You can predict his compassion. It is immutable. It will not change. It will not change. That is one wing. We must partner it with this other wing. Okay. God hates, and he makes it clear what he hates. He says in Proverbs 6, verse 16, six things the Lord hates, seven are repulsive, a proud or arrogant look, a lying tongue, hands that destroy others, that shed innocent blood, heart that creates wicked plans, When my heart was a cesspool of incest and lust, God hated that. He didn't hate me. He hated what he saw in me. And it's because of that hate, he said, listen, come to me. I'm here to deliver. Feet that run swiftly to, 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 to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. One who spreads discord or rumors among brothers. God hates unrighteousness, not the person. And because we share in that nature, God wants us to love unconditionally, but hate wickedness, hate the things that oppress. God In Deuteronomy 9, and these are just a selection of scriptures. God is angry against ungodliness. He's angry against rebellion, against stubbornness, against arrogance. Jesus, it's recorded in Mark 3 verse 5. He says, after looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness and arrogance of their hearts. He's teaching, and they're saying, no, but. He's teaching, no, but. His teaching, no, Jesus was angry. There was an anger there because they were stubborn. Their hearts were hard. And grief says the Lord saw in Genesis 6 verse 5 that the wickedness, the depravity of man was great on the earth. And that every imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. The Lord regretted that he had made mankind on the earth and he was deeply grieved in his heart. God is grieved at rebellion. That was why God said to Saul, no more. You know what? It's done. You need to move on now. Because there was rebellion in the heart of King Saul. God said to him, don't do this. Saul had an excuse with the Amalekites. God said to him, wait. When the time of the sacrifice happened, wait for me. Saul had an excuse. God says, you know what? I regret that I had made you king. Just move aside. I'm not destroying you. Just move aside. Saul says, no. I am going to be king. It is me and it is mine. So we know that the emotional nature of God is predictable. It's dependable. You can depend on God's joy when you do right. I can depend on God singing over me with joy when I do right. I can depend on the compassion of God. But I can also depend on the anger of God if I do wickedness. And that is the nature God has given to you and I. I asked the question earlier, does God cry? Has he cried after he cried at the tomb of Lazarus? I remember in 2015, um, it was the 21st of June. It was Father's Day. I picked up the phone and I called my dad. Hi. Hi, Dad. How are you doing? How is Father's Day? Happy Father's Day. Are you well? Are you... Right? And then I think I had to... So I looked at my phone and I could see my phone was about... No, no. I think it was airtime. It was airtime. It was airtime. Okay. So I said, love you, Dad. He says, love you. I handed the phone to my wife, spoke with him. The next morning, about 8 o'clock, I get a phone from my sister. in Nigeria at the time, and she asked me, did you hear from dad? I said, no, what's happening? She says, "We, we can't find him. What do you mean you can't find him? He's not at home. He didn't sleep at home. Now, this is a long story. But we wake up on Monday morning, and my father is not at home. For the next few hours, a lot of phone calls are happening. My mom was at home, but my father was not at home. A few weeks, sorry, a few days later, after back, forth, back, forth, maybe he's kidnapped. Maybe we need to get ourselves ready for the kidnappers to call. One day, no call. Two days, no call. Three days, no call. Four days, no call. Five days, no call. Sixth day, which was the next Sunday, I walk into church, walk out. My sister calls to say, are you at home? I said, no. She said, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. i call you back. I said, cool. So I get home, speak with her, and then she breaks down and says, we found his body. Where? At home. What? He died at the hands of the people he had employed to protect him. And for seven days, they disappeared, and we didn't realize that his body was in a storeroom in our home. So that night, I booked a flight, rushed to Nigeria. We all rushed home. When we got home, there was anger. Anger. You know, there was how people anger at these two men who had done this thing. Went to bed that night, woke up in the morning, and I sensed the Spirit of God say to us, Worship. Just worship. Just worship. Just worship. So I got my siblings together very early in the morning. We went into the study And we said, we're going to worship together. And we started to worship. And it's amazing how God took the grief, not removed it, but he cried with us. He was there with us. He understood our pain. You know, he understood that, listen, we are human, we're going through pain. And he redeemed that moment for himself. And he said, from this minute forward, worship. Redeem the situation. And that is what God is doing in our lives with our emotions. He wants to redeem them for his purpose. Be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. Grieve, but allow your grief to glorify me. God is calling you and I, my brothers and my sisters, to understand that, to be able to align our emotions with him. And I'm going to leave you with this scripture. The scripture is in Joshua 1 verse 8. And God said to Joshua, He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do everything that is written thereof. Not for fun. He says that you may be prosperous and have good success. If we're going to experience the best emotionally, align our emotions with that of the maker who made us like himself, we have got to be in the Bible. Because whosoever looks into this perfect law of liberty, James 1, he be not a forgetful hearer of the word, that man shall be blessed in his deed. This word mirrors me. It mirrors who I am now, but it also shows me who I can be as I obey him. Let's rise up together. We have this series that is on for the next five weeks, and I'd like to encourage you, download the app, listen to the podcasts. Allow the Spirit of God to align who you are with who He is. Because we've been corrupted, and there's constant corruption in our lives each day. And we need to be perfectly aligned with the God who has called us to perfection. So just spend a minute and just respond to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for calling us to perfection. Jesus, you said, be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. So this afternoon, we we are grateful for the privilege to be totally aligned with your nature. Forgive us where we have gone amiss. And thank you for embracing us and calling us to the blueprint person that you have made us to be is there anyone here this morning and you have not decided to follow Jesus and God is calling you his arms are open wide would you join me in front for a few minutes to just make your commitment to him is there anyone here this morning who would like to give their hearts to the Lord this is an opportune moment to do so anyone Anyone, just join me in front. Jesus is waiting. If you haven't decided to follow him, he loves you where you are He wants you to be better. And he would love you if you choose not. If you choose him not this afternoon. However, you will not be the best person walking out of this room. Anyone. Lord, thank you. We're so grateful for such an awesome privilege to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen.